Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus Episode 2, Captain America Civil War, The Spoiler Session. session on Captain America Civil War. Now, at the current time of this recording, Captain America Civil War has been released both in the UK and in America, so most of the people that really wanted to see this in the States have gone out to see it. The film's making a good deal of money at the moment. I think it's around 700 million at the moment and rising. And for the most part, Captain America Civil War has been well received by fans and critics and uh, yeah, it's a good session. While there definitely have been some detractors of the film, and there's been people talking about, like, you know, some of the recurring weaknesses of Marvel films that have fallen into Civil War's lap, overall, it's still been a good session. Most people like the film, most people appreciate how hard it was to pull off, and most people are praising, like, you know, the the stars of the film, the uh, action choreographers, and obviously the Russo brothers, and the almighty Kevin Feige for like, you know, just being able to craft this film and make a worthy follow-up to Winter Soldier. Now, if you heard my spoiler-free review, you would have heard about how much I gushed about how good this film was. I enjoy Civil War a lot. At this current point in time, I've seen it three times. I still haven't gotten around to seeing it more just because I just had a lot of other random stuff to do, but yeah, I really want to see it again, maybe at about another two, three, possibly four times at the cinema, who knows. Um, but yeah, in this review, I just wanted to go back and focus on specific points of Civil War that I really enjoyed. And possibly, you know, focus on some of the weaknesses of the film as well, just to go about and balance things out. Because I want to let you know right now, I am not some blind fanboy of Marvel Studios. I am aware of their weaknesses and I will call them out on any problems that I believe that they have. And some of my friends have brought up some of their issues with the film, which I could take into consideration and, like, you know, be objective about my opinion. But anywho, Captain America Winter Soldier, just a delightful film. So what I'm going to do in this spoiler-based session is just talk about some of these specific points that I really enjoyed about the film and then talk about some of the weaknesses of the film that I would like to slightly expand upon because I couldn't before because um, some of those details were obviously related to the story and characters. Um, and we don't go into plot specifics and spoiler-free stuff. But anyway, so with all that out of the way, let me go about and start getting into things with my first major topic, which is the badassery of Black Panther. So with Black Panther, he was never really one of my favorite characters growing up. He was someone I wasn't really aware of until my teenage years, just because he wasn't really that major of a character in the 90s, especially with like, you know, the 90s animated adaptations of like, you know, Marvel properties like, you know, X-Men, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, you know, you didn't see Black Panther back then. I only really became aware of the character in about maybe 2006 because of, uh, you know, the research that I got from, you know, Wikipedia, but also 
because of the stuff I learned in Marvel of my Alliance where I really started to learn about how cool the character was because he was like you know a king he ruled this massive land in Wakanda he was married to Storm he had all these interesting abilities he came from a lineage of like you know very interesting like you know was it strong warriors and kings and his suit was made of vibranium his homeland is the mother ground of like bloody vibranium and he had like you know just a very interesting like rose gallery and the interaction that he'd had with the avengers in the comics just sounded very interesting so yeah i started to get to know black panther over the last few years and when i heard that he was going to be in civil war i'm just like boy and then when i heard chadwick boseman had been announced i was like mad because at the time i hadn't seen get on up but i'd seen him in 42 and i was like you know what this guy he's special i can tell but I didn't think he'd had a role in the bloody Marvel film though. So when I saw him in Get On Up, which is a great film, which you should check out, by the way, I knew that he was going to kill it in this film. And straight from the time that you see him at the UN, chilling by that window, I'm like, mate, this guy, I love him already. The cool thing about Chadwick Boseman is that he is a actor that commits to his characters 100% both in terms of the physicality but also in the you know verbal performance as well and just seeing him just makes me giddy i mean like yes i'm a dude and i will admit that that is a beautiful man but something that really like makes me like you know all i don't know happy slash flustered about like you know was it uh good actors is the fact that they're able to portray characters in such a delightfully strong and like emotional badass kind of way and Chadwick Boseman just kills it in this film because this is a character who feels the weight of responsibilities to be not only the prince but then also be the king and he has to be aware of like you know how whatever he does affects what happens with his country at the same time and he's a character that carries himself with a very calm yet focused demeanor and he's just so very engaging and mysterious and there's so many layers to him that you can feel and you just want to peel him away but you know you don't have enough time because this is the third captain america film and you gotta bring the focus back to cap but believe me when i tell you i was so focused on black panther every time he was around i was like yes yes give me more of this guy and yeah i loved it especially with the introduction of T'Challa in the Black Panther suit when he goes up against Bucky on top of that building. I'm like, oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, every once in a blue moon, you have those wonderful character introductions in a comic book film which just fill your heart with joy. And we've seen it many times with a lot of different characters. Whether you're talking about the introduction of Wolverine, the first X-Men film, or you're talking about the way in which the Joker was introduced in The Dark Knight which is still one of my favorites. And um, you also have the introduction of Blade in the first Blade film, which was awesome. And you can add Black Panther to that list as well because you can see Bucky running on the move and then you just see this big old shadow and then boom, Black Panther just steps onto the scene, strikes a pose and shing, out comes those bloody cool fingernails. And I'm like, oh God, I freaked out. If you'd seen me in the cinema, I would have been pushing you in the shoulder, all giddy. I'm just like, that's my boy. And he looked great. And his combat sequences were gorgeous. This guy has a very specific fight style, which is fast, 
intricate, very well versed in hand-to-hand -hand combat, but there's also this sort of very animalistic slash primal look to his movements in terms of the way in which he jumps around, the way he's like, you know, lands on the floor, the way in which he jumps and pounces. It was amazing, and I love so many of his fight sequences, whether he's fighting Bucky or if he's fighting Captain America during the airport sequence, which we'll get to later on. I loved everything about Black Panther in this film. Every time he was gone, I wanted more of him. And I don't think there's enough love given to Chadwick Boseman and his performance as this character and how well Black Panther just in general was integrated into this film. And I have never wanted in such a long time to see more of a character than this man right now. I mean, like, Black Panther was a friggin' revelation. I was team Black Panther before I left the film. And I'm definitely Team Black Panther now. So yeah, boom. Another character that was really good in Civil War was Spider-Man. So yeah, I mean, I knew in the back of my mind that Marvel Studios were going to be the ones to give us the ultimate Spider-Man. The spectacular Spider-Man. The amazing Spider-Man. I was wondering how many Spider-Man titles I could fit in there before I got tired. But yeah, we're just going to stick with those three because those are my favorites. But anyway... Spider-Man at Marvel Studios was just, just perfect. It was gorgeous, amazing. And while I've definitely become accustomed to the slightly older version of Peter Parker, who's like, you know, finished the whole high school thing, he's sort of in his early 20s, being more of an adult, I definitely appreciated seeing a correct version of the young Peter Parker, who, in this film they introduce him and just the conversation that he had with Tony Stark just gave us so much without going into his backstory. There was just interesting things that he said to Tony like how he said that he could become like you know really good at football but he chooses not to because if he couldn't do it before why do it now because yeah technically it would be cheating and it also would give away his powers as well and that little tiny snippet of dialogue where he says when you have powers and you don't do something and it's your fault that just speaks so much to the character that Peter Parker is he's a person that feels responsible for not doing the right thing when he has the opportunity to do it and just from that tiny snippet of dialogue it just felt right this is Peter Parker this is the guy and I like just the tiny new things that we get introduced to with Peter in this film like the fact that he's a dumpster diver most of his equipment is all found in the streets or in bins and uh, he has this really weird makeshift uniform and the fact that he wears the goggles in order to go about and focus his powers when he's moving around all these tiny snippets of information just makes it just makes me happy because we haven't had this young of a Peter Parker, but he just seems so young and intelligent and impressionable. And I, I, oh God, I just loved him. Tom Holland was just amazing. His delivery was great with his lines. He has that right amount of comedic timing. He's charming. He's such a delight. And seeing him and Robert Downey Jr. together in their scenes when they're inside and outside of their superhero suits. It just feels like there's a beautiful dynamic going on there and I just can't wait to see how this is expanded upon in Spider-Man Homecoming. And another interesting thing about Spider-Man in this film is that 
Since he's so impressionable and young, he's easy to manipulate. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but you can tell by his opinions about Cap when they go up and fight each other during that airport sequence that Peter Parker already has his own opinions about Captain America, even though he's never really met the guy or had a chance to, you know, get to know how cool Captain America really is because he has this sort of preconceived notion about him from Tony Stark. So Spider-Man sort of just learning about, you know, what it is to be a hero and learning about the gravity of the situation that he's in while fighting at the same time. And I thought that was just something really interesting. And some other interesting characters in the film which I don't think have been given as much love as they should be is Scarlet Witch and Vision. Now, Vision was definitely one of the highlight characters from Age of Ultron because of the way in which he was created, but also because of his dialogue. Paul Bettany brought a really interesting side to this character with a certain level of omnipotence, gravitas, and I don't know what the other word would be, but it just seems like Vision is one of those sort of characters where he is just learning about what it is to be alive and to interact with humans. And you can see definitely from Age of Ultron to Civil War that this guy is only just starting to learn about what it is to be human, how it is to interact, and like, you know, you see him cooking. That was just the most bizarre thing. And again, Paul Bettany just brings a certain level of like, you know, charm and intensity to this character. He does things so subtly and yet it's just so fascinating to watch. And obviously there's that wonderful sort of, I guess, speech? Well, not so much a speech, but just like, you know, a very interesting like, you know, chunk of dialogue that Vision gives out during the discussion between the Avengers about like, you know, is it whose side they should be on when they were talking about the Sokovia cause and he was just like, oh yeah, since Iron Man came into play, the amount of people that have risen up with superpowers have increased. And he's just talking about how like, you know, there's a cause and effect for the amount of stuff that the Avengers do. For everything that they do, they incite more challenges. But if they decide to like, you know, look the other way, then maybe the amount of people that come after them will like you know drop off and the thing is it was just explained in such delightful descriptive yet very tangible manner and it was so vision and it was so cool and then there's Scarlet Witch now when she was introduced in Age of Ultron I don't think many people actually liked her that much I mean both her and Quicksilver were sort of you know hidden behind the glory that was vision and the thing is, I've actually come to like her a lot more in subsequent viewings of Age of Ultron. But here we can see that she's definitely evolved since the last film. You can see that she's starting to adjust to her powers, start to become, I guess, a little bit more normal. And she has a sense of belonging now because obviously her brother's gone. And I just like the way that Elizabeth Olsen has been able to, like, you know, grow into this character. She's a little bit more confident with her, like, you know action movements but also with her character development as well you can see that during the hunt for crossbones when they end up in lagos wakanda just to see what she ends up doing when crossbones attempts to blow himself up and she goes about and contains the explosion launches it into the air but accidentally launches him right next to that building and blows up a heck of a lot of people i'm just like damn 
that moment in the film, I felt so bad for the girl. Because, I mean, like, now she's on a mission trying to do good. And she accidentally blows the hell out of a whole load of people in, like, you know, a very high story of a building. And that's on her. And it's interesting to see Steve try to coach her and make her understand that being a hero doesn't come without, like, you know, what's it, sacrifices and, you know, problems. But you shouldn't let those get you down because, obviously, if you take it all to heart, then it can affect the job. But the other interesting thing about Scarlet, which is her interaction with Vision, because obviously you saw in Age of Ultron, just in that small snippet, when just before Sokovia was going to blow up, Vision went to save Scarlet Witch, and you're just like, if you're a comic fan, you're just like, oh, look at that. They're planting the seeds. And in this film, it only furthers their, like, you know, potential relationship to become the couple that we know from the comics. And that just excites me because Vision and Scarlet Witch's relationship is anything but normal, but that's what makes it so interesting because, you know, we've had a lot of relationship between humans and some between aliens in some cases but nothing like this these guys aren't officially together but clearly these guys are forming a relationship that will grow stronger more in the future marvel films and that's just something that excites me and i love the way that paul bettany and elizabeth olsen played off each other it's just like it's so cute the next major topic that i wanted to bring up was the drama and revelations of civil war now it has to be noted again that this happens to be the most serious and dramatic and mature of the MCU films beforehand, mainly because it definitely tackles the concepts of friendship, having different ideals when it comes to having government control and the freedom to do what is right without being tethered to any political agenda, and then obviously addressing the collateral damage and death that comes with being a hero and trying to save the day while villains are running around creating all sorts of chaos. And I really wanted to start with the whole concept of death. This is definitely like, you know, pushed to the forefront in this film, especially in the beginning, with the fact that during like, you know, the Avengers mission to try and track down Crossbones, that dude attempts to blow himself up and the Avengers stop him, but in doing so they also end up killing a heck of a lot of other people. And death has never been so directly addressed visually in the MCU up until now. And then to have the lady whose name I can't remember, but the lady that came to Tony Stark and told him that he killed her son during their battle in Sokovia and she blamed him for that. Again, I was just like, damn. And that was another great thing about this film. Like, Death is one of those sort of things that doesn't really be much in the grand scheme of the MCU, especially for like, you know, some of the main and secondary characters because a lot of them find a way to keep coming back to life because most of their deaths were fake outs. But the fact that, you know, the civilians and like, you know, people that just get caught in the crossfire were brought to the forefront of the story in Civil War was great because besides Jessica Jones in episode four, when the concept of blaming the heroes for the collateral damage was brought up this has never been done in a film in the mcu before so to see it brought into play in civil war was something very interesting and speaking of death obviously there's another major death in the form of 
Tony Stark's parents. Now, obviously, we learn in this film that Tony, at a very young age, mainly, I guess, in his teenage years or maybe like early 20s, he lost his parents and he never got to say goodbye to them. So obviously, you know from this film, but also from some of the previous Marvel films that Tony has father issues and you can tell that he's always wanted to try and resolve these issues, but they've just never gotten to be done because obviously his parents died. But now finding out that it was Bucky back as the Winter Soldier who was responsible for the death of his parents, like damn. After the airport sequence, I wasn't sure what more could be done to go about and make me feel like, you know, was it emotionally after all that goodness, but they just dropped that bombshell right there and then and it's just like, no, Tony, don't watch that. Don't watch that. And just to see his parents get killed, especially seeing how it get punched the hell out of in the face, like right there. And you can just see that Tony is just like, I can see you. Bucky right there I saw what you did and then to find out that Steve knew as well it's just like it hurts even more because obviously Bucky's the one that went about and killed his parents but to know that this person that he considers to be a friend knew about it and withheld this information from him just as that extra layer of hurt and just to see that these guys were going at it till like you know the full extent of potentially killing each other it was just mad and it just made me so tense and I'm just like no Tony don't kill him because I know you're not a killer but at the same time if I found out that my best mate's friend went about and killed my parents I would have went into danger mode and went about and killed that dude myself and I understand that there's a lot of people that are team cap in this film but at that point I was like Tony I'm team Iron Man go kill that son of a bitch and I also just wanted to mention about how funny Civil War was I mean I have laughed a lot in the MCU films ever since 2008 with some of the best laughs for me coming from the first Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man and now this film as well there was just so many crowd-pleasing moments of humor but I just wanted to talk about this one moment this very special moment which for me was just the best thing ever so when cap goes to sharon to go about and get his gear back it's the point when cap and sharon kiss and then just that moment when cap turns around and looks towards bucky and sam and the way they're just nodding at him that was the best thing ever it was such a guy thing to do and it made me laugh so hard i'm just like that had to be the funniest moment of the film for me personally. I'm just like, that's such a bro moment. And it was just so perfectly timed. And just the smiles of Bucky and Sam's faces was just perfect. And now I wanted to cover the airport sequence. Because it was one of the most glorious things I've ever seen. And I heard on one review that I watched online that it might be one of the person's favorite action sequences in any film ever and when I thought about it I'm I was inclined to agree as well because when I saw the characters all squaring off with Cap's team on the right and Iron Man's team on the left you're just like oh crap shit's gonna go down and then they start walking and 
then they start running and then they clash and then the camera just pans through all these characters as they're fighting each other and it's just seriously like wow <laughs> I, 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 I don't even know because I haven't been this dumbfounded with all the awesomeness I've seen on the screen since I saw Tron Legacy in IMAX during the light cycle sequence in the arena and while obviously Tron Legacy and Civil War are two totally different films in terms of their quality, I'm talking about just the sheer spectacle of seeing all of this action on screen at the same time, seeing Cap and Iron Man fight in Black Widow and Ant-Man going at it, Hawkeye and Black Panther fighting each other and seeing Scarlet Witch go about and do things and oh my god! <laughs> Uh, this is not a very good description, but ladies and gentlemen, just trying to think about it makes me giddy because I've been a comic book fan for a fairly long time and while I can't say I'm a hardcore comic book fan, I've seen several of these characters all fighting on the same page and seen in certain animated TV shows seeing all these characters all in one place fighting each other and you're just trying to look all over the page just to see what each character's doing but we haven't really had that in a film before and one of my favorite pieces in that entire sequence is just seeing Bucky and Cap running towards the Quinjet while you see in the background Giant Man trying to fight War Machine and Spider-Man crawling up on his back and I'm just like Ah, I was totally just freaking out just looking at my mate and I'm just like this is the most glorious thing in the history of existence I just love the airport sequence, it's just so wonderfully choreographed, everyone has their moment to shine and even with Black Widow and Hawkeye fighting each other, you can tell that these two care about each other and they're pulling their punches but then you have someone like Scarlet Witch that just comes in and it's just like, uh, you're pulling your punches mate and it's just like, damn, that girl's going for blood <laughs> and um, I was just in awe of how well this was put together and I'm just like, how did these guys come up with this? Like, you know, how did Marcus and McFeely, the writers of the film, along with the Russos and Kevin Feige, just sit there in a room and conceive this? Because there are so many moving parts to this action sequence, and I'm just like, my God, how did they do it? But then I don't want to try and think about it because it might hurt my head. But it was glorious, and obviously it's the main action set piece of the film that everyone's talking about, but that's because it's freaking awesome. And the other topic I wanted to cover really briefly was Baron Zemo, and I just wanted to talk about the pros and cons of him being in Civil War. Now, obviously, if you're aware of Baron Zemo from the comics, he is a fairly recognizable villain. He's been associated with a Hydra a few times, and he has that cool purple uniform. But obviously, let's be real, ladies and gentlemen, there was no chance he was going to be wearing that in Civil War, considering how small of a role he has in this film. Plus, he's not really confronting any of the Avengers in combat. So, yeah, again, there'd be no reason for him to wear that. But for me personally, I really enjoyed Daniel Brawl as Baron Zemo, as he was this character who was primarily a puppet master, working from the background, who had his own reasons for doing what he was doing, who ultimately sort of orchestrated this idea of taking out the Avengers from the inside. And I thought it was very effective. I mean... At the start of the film, you're sort of just wondering, what is this guy doing? But then you learn by the end of the film that he had a reason for doing what he did. And it was just very well done, in my opinion. I thought that there was a good amount of payoff. And one of my favorite things about Baron Zemo in this film is that he wasn't killed. Because besides Loki and Abomination, 
and potentially Red Skull if he ever does come back from wherever the Tesseract teleported him to. Every other Marvel character who was a villain automatically gets killed off in one film and it's just like bloody hell. There's no recurring villains in the MCU besides Loki at the moment. So for Daniel Brawl to be incarcerated it's just great because that means that there is a chance for him to return in the future and become a recurring villain later on and that is something that always has bothered me about some of the previous Marvel villains so to keep him around just makes me smile and a little devious smile that he has when he's talking to Everett Ross while in his little glass box just makes me feel like it's going to come back at some point but I can definitely understand some of the people that didn't like the use of Baron Zemo I wouldn't say that he's a useless Marvel villain or like you know one of the throwaway ones he had reasons for what he did and he was more of a plot device and this film is definitely more focused on the superheroes fighting each other rather than there being a big bad villain for them to take out so you know again Civil War just has a different kind of story and character focus for there to be a villain in there to fit in in the conventional way but I could definitely understand certain fans like you know it was a disappointment with his use in the film and the fact that if you took him out of the film and then just changed certain story elements he essentially just didn't need to be there and again I can understand that but for me personally I feel like Baron Zemo was useful and again the fact that he's not dead means that there is potential for him to return and so something tells me in the back of my mind he will come back and that's something that just makes me smile and something else that I wanted to talk about very briefly was my nitpicks with the visual effects now don't get me wrong Civil War has some very great visual effects and for the most part about 85% of the time everything looks completely solid but there are certain points in the film where I feel like the CGI just didn't mesh as well with the live-action footage and I just wanted to touch upon that very briefly firstly with Black Panther now I loved his action sequences whether he was running and fighting but there were certain points where you could see that he was mainly CG and it just didn't look as clean or as realistic as I would have liked he did seem a little floaty in certain sequences and that sort of kind of took me out of the film mainly because you know my eyes are very you know wary of that kind of thing and also with Spider-Man in the end his suit definitely looked a lot better in the actual film than I saw in the YouTube trailers and stuff like that but still his suit was fairly CG and I'm not sure if there was a practical version of the suit there on set but if there wasn't I wish there had been just so it would have looked a little more realistic and there's one other sequence which involves Falcon's Red Wing when it's at an aerial point of view before going down to the lower ground but as you see like you know the Red Wing sort of machine flying through the air it just again didn't seem to mesh as well with the live action footage and I feel like you know just a little bit more time with the special effects to polish them up a bit would have helped that a lot but again that's just some of the stuff that I observed maybe I'm wrong but that's just the way I feel so in the end Civil War is just a really great film I cannot praise it enough because it took the Captain America storyline and the Civil War storyline and found a way to mesh it together in a way where it gave everybody moments to shine there was a wonderful balance of humor but also a sense of emotion and drama that is at a level that hasn't been seen in the MCU to date and for all those who think this is just another superhero film while there are certainly elements that fall into the typical superhero genre this is more of a psychological 
thriller in the sense that this is all focused on the characters. It's a very character-driven film. And for those who have watched the MCU films from the beginning and have an understanding of the comics, this is more of an enriching experience for you than those who just come into the films fresh because this is just an amalgamation of everything that you've seen in this series so far and it pays off in such a fantastic manner and it feels so good when you leave the cinema because you want more and you want more of what you've seen but also the new stuff that got introduced to you at the same time and yeah that is this spoiler session done again if you have anything you want to say to me in terms of like you know civil war spoilers or if you just want to talk about the podcast talk about you know some of the stuff i'm doing right some of the stuff i'm doing wrong just give me feedback in general hit me up at the hypersonic 55 at gmail.com or hit me up at twitter where i am at hypersonic 55 i don't have a film focus account on there yet but i probably will do within the week and yeah just drop me a comment in the soundcloud area as well because i would like to hear what you guys have to say so thank you for sticking with me for this extended period during this podcast and hopefully in the future i'll be covering topics that you'll be interested in listening to as well because i have a good number of topics and potential guests that will be featured on this podcast in the future so stick around it should be fun should be fun So, until the next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Hypersonic 55 signing out, and take care of yourselves. Thank you.